0: To you a little bit tonight. I want to just keep stirring this pot about the last word standing is doing the commanding. I think it's something very important that we all need to have laced into our life, networked into our life. So uh, uh, let's turn to Mark chapter 5. I've got some other scriptures, but we'll turn to Mark chapter 5 first. The last word standing is doing the commanding. Let's say it together. The last word standing is is doing the commanding. So if you, if you get, like I have on my computer at home, you get a message every once in a while. I get it on my phone that says, tonight is update night. We're going to do your software update. And if you opt out of that, you can. And it'll work, but if you opt out three years or four years, or if you just keep an iPhone 4, they don't support that anymore. They have ways of making you change and, and update. But... Uh, if you have an iPhone 4, it doesn't matter that, that uh, 13 has come out or whatever has come out. You're limited to the last app standing is doing the commanding. It doesn't matter what they could do. If you don't change, that's what you're gonna do. And um, So the last word standing in a phone is doing the commanding and all apps are that way, all uh, software is that way. And when you change up to Windows 10 or something like that, well, then a lot of your Windows apps don't work. And so you've got to call them and they say, we're holding you up. I mean, we're asking you for 25 more dollars. So you send it to them and, and it works. Ecclesi- Ecclesiastes 5, 4 says, when thou vowest a vow unto God, when thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it. For he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Here it is. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow than thou shouldest vow and not pay. So a vow is a spoken thing. So whatever you speak, it's doing the standing, it's doing the commanding. I've become real aware of that this year that I've told some people, yeah, I'm going to come see you one of these days. Nobody believes that. So I'm working my way around to everybody I told. I'm going I'm to see you soon. I'm stopping what I'm doing and keeping my word. That's the point. Uh, Psalm 138, 2 says, Thou hast magnified thy word above all your name. So God even says his word, the last word standing is doing the commanding. It's the ultimate. It's the final. There's nothing greater than whatever word he's given. And we have to sometimes say, when we say, I want a spoken word, I want a prophetic word, I want a word where, you know, that uh, speaks to me. Well, there's a whole New Testament that's speaking to you. We don't need another word. It helps, and if if you get along with this, well, he'll give you part of that. But he's not giving you that without this. Unless he's giving you a word that says, giddy up, get into this. Now, I've seen him give words like that. Uh, Proverbs eighteen twenty one says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So the point in all these, the vow and, the, and the keeping your word and God's word is above his name, is that the last word standing is doing the commanding. Is it hot in here to y'all or is it just me? Uh, Jonathan, turn it up from... Turn it up a little bit for us. Hallelujah. So in Mark chapter five, that's what we're talking about is the last word standing. And so we're doing some tweaking here. We're all born again. We're all spirit filled. We're all ready to go with God. We've got gifts hanging off of us and in us and working through us. And you go, well, what's happening or what's not happening? Sometimes it's the little stuff that we're not aware of. The word says in Ecclesiastes, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. So we we, It's details. And you go, well, God's pretty picky about it. Well, that's so that we'll be students or disciples of the word and we'll get heaven just right. Do y'all know it's not going to be sloppy in heaven? You won't be just slinging around words and you won't be cheating anybody. I mean, it's, it's going to be pretty real up there and it should be that way here. Mark five thirty-five. We looked at this Sunday. Uh, Verse thirty-four, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. And while he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain, which said, "Thou daughter is dead. Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further?" So that's the report that the father got. Now thy daughter is dead. What what could be worse? What 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 could be worst? And as soon as Jesus heard the word, I believe that's significant. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith, he saith unto the father of the synagogue of the ruler of synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. So let's point to ourselves and say, be not afraid, only believe believe. So apparently the way you be not afraid is to believe. There's no fear in belief. So anytime we're fearful or afraid or apprehensive or whatever, it's never a booger problem. It's never the boogeyman or the whatever. It's that we just don't believe. We, with, there's an area, there's a leak, there's a, a rift, there's a tear somewhere where we are weak in some area of believing. And then he took some natural steps. In order to bring about what he said, he suffered no man to follow him save Peter and James and John, the brother of Jesus. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seeing the tumult and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them. And I hear it is. Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. Well, that's the last word, isn't it? That's the that's the last red ink I've got until it goes down further. They laughed him to scorn, but when he'd put them all out, so he took his he took his praise team, his faith team, with him, his three guys, and he put everybody else out. Sometimes you got to put everybody else out if you're serious. If you want them all to get in and watch and see and give their opinion and pray the way they pray and get their pastor to come pray and and all that, well, then that's what you'll have. But he put all of them out. And when he did, he taketh the father and mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entered in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha kumi, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say to thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of 12 years, and there was astonishment there was astonished, they were astonished with a great astonishment. It's quite a little story there. Uh, 35 and 36, let's read that again. He spake, there came the ruler of the synagogue's house certain, which said, thy daughter is dead. Well, we probably, none of us had that particular thing happen to us. But we've certainly had people come to us and say, thy body is dead, thy body will be dead thy money is dead, or whatever the bad news is. Your your foundation is cracked, or whatever they say, your your, your transmission's out. But we can fix it for $4,000. You know, whatever they say, thy daughter is dead, why troublest the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. So in the Amplified, let's see. Oh, I didn't get the Amplified. Excuse me. Does anybody have the Amplified going already? Okay. I usually write it out when it's in another book. In 35, it says, While he was still speaking, there came some from the ruler's house who said to Jairus, Your daughter has died. Why bother and distress the teacher any further? And here it is. Verse 36. Overhearing, but ignoring what they said. Let's say it together. Overhearing, but ignoring what they said. One more time. Overhearing, but ignoring what they said. Now, the end of this story is, is the damsel arose and walked out. So we'd be good to pay attention to everything that went up to that. And Jesus said to the ruler, do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear. Just keep on believing. This is the only time I'm going to read out of another version, but it says in chapter five of the passion. We like the passion. Well, we love the word. And before he had finished speaking, Pete. People arrived from Jairus' house and pushed through the crowd to give Jairus the news. There's no need to trouble the master any longer. Your daughter has died. But Jesus refused to listen to what they were told and said to the Jewish official, Don't yield to fear. All you need to do is keep on believing. All I need to do is keep on believing. When the bad report comes, all I need to do is keep on believing. Nothing has changed. It's no different. So they left for his home, but Jesus didn't allow anyone to go with him except Peter and the two brothers, Jacob and John. Uh, See, words are seeds. Words are seeds. They're all seeds. But they only have authority if they are planted. So... How can you plant a word? You can't plant a word with your head, your mind. You can't plant a word that way. You can get the planting equipment out and you can get some seed out, but you can't plant with your head. Aren't y'all glad? Praise God. So here, faith was demonstrated and faith was not deaf, but it was selective in what seeds that it was going to allow to be sown. So you'll get the report. It's guaranteed. It's out there. It's assigned to you. It will come, the report. In Isaiah, it says, whose report will we believe? Or it says something like that. I've got it in here somewhere. Uh, Whose report? So there's a report coming that you can believe or you can ignore. It doesn't mean you won't hear it. But until you mix it with your heart to sow it, to plant it, that seed, that word has no power over you. But if you allow it to be planted, it will grow up. And it will bring the fruit. What's the exact fruit? Well, if it's corn seed, it'll bring forth a corn plant. And if it's a cancer seed, it'll bring forth cancer. Is that right? Sure it is. So faith gives us the right to winnow out or to screen every word that comes to us that's contrary to what we have in our heart. We have the right. Just because somebody said you've got this disease and you're going to die or you're going to suffer or whatever, it's not over until you allow that word to be planted in your heart and then it will grow. The very same thing that by his stripes you were healed, planted in your heart. Can grow. Now, if you just plant it in your head, it won't grow. It'll be ready to grow. It could be transferred to drop down from your mind into your heart, into the mind of Christ. But until we allow that, until we don't not doubt in our heart, but believe those things which we say should come to pass, then we won't have what we have say come to pass until we let it drop down and say that. So if I ignore... Or if I don't ignore the contrary, then I'm I'm free. Nothing, no weapon formed against me will prosper if I ignore whatever is contrary. In other words, I'm not deaf to what they said, what they prognosis, what they prophesied or forecast. But I separate what I will take and what I will let be planted. Now, if, if, if it's a doctor, you know, he's the He's the hot dog surgeon and he's seen gazillions of cases. And he comes in and said, I've seen this a 100 million times and this is how it always every time it goes. That's a pretty big seed to plant against you. Somebody, you know, but if your brother in law's cousin said, I think somebody had that and I don't think it went well for him. You like you can discount that. But you see the difference. It's kind of the same word. It's how much weight we put on the one that's trying to plant that word into our heart. Matthew chapter 12. Would you turn there to Matthew chapter 12? The last word standing is doing the commanding. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. You know, what we're trying to do here is, is give weight to something that's weighty. trivialize that which is insignificant and give weight to that which is important. In other words, we're majoring on the majors. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Is that right? Chapter uh, 12, verse 36, he says, But I say to you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. I looked up that word idle, and it literally means unemployed or barren. So if someone's barren, if a woman is barren in the, in the biological sense, then she's a, she's a woman, and that's what women do is bear children. But for some reason, something's not right. Something's, something's not there that should be there. And they called her barren. It's a curse. In the Old Testament, it was a tremendous curse. Well, he said that every idle word, there's something missing. There's something that's not there that should be. Our words, it's implied our words should bear fruit. We're created to bring forth children of the kingdom, as it were. So it means unemployed or barren. And uh, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. So what does that mean? What's the day of judgment account? Well, it's, it's not that you said doggone dirty word that God's going to judge us for it. Aren't you glad we don't have our whole past brought up? In... But what it means is, is that every time we spoke a barren, an unemployed, or a, 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 a fruitless word, we spoke it in place of what you and I were created to speak, and it took its place. In other words, we assigned barrenness to a situation that should have been fruitful. And we were the only ones or one of the few that could give it life. We were in a situation. It was our life. It was our situation. And we had a chance to prosper a situation or turn something around. But instead, we we assigned it an idol or an an unemployed word and it it shriveled up and died. And so in the day of judgment, All the things that we were supposed to speak to to be fruitful and multiply won't be there. What did he say? He said, uh, they shall give account, not for the idle words we said, but for the words we did not say when we were created to say a profitable word, a meaningful word, a life-giving word, when we would say she's not dead, but she's asleep. That turned out quite a bit different than... Her being already dead. Which she was, wasn't she? She was. So this this uh, this. Entourage came and gave the ruler a bad report and said, your daughter is dead. That's a bad report. I've had some bad reports. Have you had a bad report ever come? Maybe not about you. Probably was but it'd be about somebody you care about, which is about the same. And the truth is, everybody deals with a report. And you can make it a bad report by acting like these mourners did. Just start wailing and carrying on and losing your mind. What are we going to do? I can't bear it. I'll never get over this. I've seen lots of movies where they lost somebody and they said that. I will never get over it. And You can go visit them ten years later and they've never touched their bedroom and Everything's just like it was and they're and they're barren, they're fruitless, they're idle. Their lives have been stayed by this believing of the bad report. But this was a bad report and Jesus turned it into a good report. Everybody was happy because they knew she was not alive, but he said she was. So he called things that be not as though they were. And the last word standing did the commanding. They had their word, she's dead. He had his word, it was the last word, the final word, the ultimate word, and it came to pass. Uh, verse 36 says, But I say unto you, every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account. Well, that brings to, to mind that scripture that says, Let your yea be yea, and don't say nothing else. If you hadn't got something that's faith filled, Keep it shut because it'll be an idle, unemployed, and barren word if you just fill up the air with a word. Well, you never know how, you never know how stuff's going to go. Sure you do. We got the book. You just know, never know what God's going to do. Sure we do. We got the book. Uh, I'll just read this scripture for time. It's, it's, it's in Mark 4, 37. It says, There arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. The Lord Jesus is a lot of wonderful things, but how he floated in that boat still asleep is a greater miracle to me than what followed. (laughs) And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest not that we perish? Isn't it interesting? Jesus ignored what the disciples repeated cares not that we perish. He never said that. He never said, golly, if, did, if y'all should have woke me up, I could have taken care of this. He didn't even acknowledge it. In other words, he ignored the bad report. Say it with me. He ignored the bad report. Now turn to you and me say, hey you, hey, you. ignore the bad report. Don't, it, it will come. So we can be prepared for the bad report that's going to come. It is going to come. It will come. The Lord Jesus said in John 16, he said, uh, uh, in the world, (laughs) you're going to have a bad report. But be of good cheer, you can turn it around and make it a good report. So faith, faith, that's in the heart, that's in your spirit, gives us the right to ignore the bad the idle, the unemployed, the barren word. We don't ignore it. I mean, we don't discount it and say that's not true. We just ignore it. We don't give it weight with our atomic words. My words are atomic. My words are powerful. They're just like as he is, so are we in this world. If Jesus could say, peace be still, I can say peace be still. We can tell tornadoes, shut your mouth. Shut down. Go around. We don't care. But you're not going to have this house. So if we that's the speaking. Well, you've got to have something to speak. If you, if you have a ladle in a in a barrel and there's nothing in the barrel, you can't ladle anything out. It doesn't matter how many ladles you got, you gotta have something in the barrel. And so it's really not the speaking that does it. The speaking does do the work. It, it actually polishes it off. It's like turning the key in the car. But really, there was a lot going on before you put the key in the car. They made the thing. They put it in. They put it together. And uh, they filled up the car with everything that the key then would activate at the moment. So our words are important. They're so important. And without them, nothing will happen. But really, it's not just our words. Because if we just consign ourselves to say I need to start speaking better we're going to miss it because those are head words anything you think I will is a head word anything you say I won't I will not eat the chocolate cake but don't check on it (laughs) don't don't be coming back to it so we have to feed our faith because our faith speaks but that's not the whole end of it faith believes and therefore speaks our head, it'll just parrot anything that's convenient and it's good. Uh, so it's not what the weapon formed against us that does a sin. It's what we hear and then quote after we hear the bad report that does a sin. We can choose to ignore it like the Lord Jesus did. He ignored it. And then he spoke the word of life. We got to start listening to uh, we got to start ignoring some stuff. And then if someone says, well, golly, it got worse since y'all prayed for me. And since we started, I've heard this a, a bunch of times since y'all got involved. It's worse. Yeah. But what difference does it make? If you'd heard the worst at the beginning, you would still say, well, that's that's bad. So what it transitioned to means nothing. Uh, Matthew twelve thirty-five let's go back up in this scripture. Let's see if we can go to uh, let's see where I am. Verse thirty five A good man a good man. A good man is a man that is profitable, that what he does increases. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. So here we see a little picture of what uh, we, we how this works. The word treasure there is accurately translated in other places as deposit. And that makes a little more sense. You, you, if you write a check on an account that you haven't visited with the deposit slip. It's not going to go well. <laughs> You've got to visit the deposit section before you visit their chicks uh, uh, season. So it's the same thing with here. A good man out of the good deposit of the heart. What happens when you have a good deposit? Well, then out of that deposit, whatever's in there is what you can bring out. And if you ever want to bring out a treasure, a good thing, you got to put a good thing in. And in this case, the only way to feed our spirit is by the Word of God. We feed our our body food, we feed our mind intellectual things, soulish things, and then we feed our spirit the Word of God. So he says, An evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. Well, what else can he bring forth? Because he's dipping out of evil. That's all that can come. So y'all, we need to be a little more careful being around people that aren't born again or that are evil. They're conspirators, they're betrayers, they're, they're uh, connivers, they're deceivers, they're thieves. And you go, well, that, that, they just, they had to because they were hungry or they this and that and all that. There's an evil treasure in there, an evil deposit in there and... Anything that the devil ever does or his crowd ever does, even if it seems good, the devil can do no good. Even what it seems like he does good is evil because it has an evil intent. He's setting us up. He's hustling us, as it were. And so he brings this for us to get off guard. So a man that's evil. If he's not born again, he's evil. Now, just let me straighten that out. If they're not born again, there's only one thing in their heart. Jesus said, You are of your Father, the devil. So the deposit in them, what's filling them up, is the devil. And we just don't know. We don't know how evil the devil is. We can't even hardly get our pumpkin heads around exceeding, abundantly, above all you could ask, think, imagine, or meditate. We say that is so out there. Well, I want to tell you, if you turn the other way and go left, the devil is exceeding abundantly above all you could ask or think to. He just doesn't have all that many opportunities to work it out in us because he's trying to set us up. He's not bringing his full force. When people get a disease, it's not really even after them. When people that have been tithing and serving God and everything have a financial blowout. It's not really after them. going to say, well, the devil's after them. Well, actually, he's after everybody that's attached to them so that they can look at that one and say, well, if God can't keep them going, what hope do I have? They're so much better than me. They're so much more wonderful than me. And so it just, it just, it, it melts everybody. And that's what he's done in the body. We have so many bad testimonies of people trying to do good, but not doing good. We talked about that the other day where they're anyway. A good man out of the good deposit of his heart bringeth forth good things. So what is in is all that can come out. And so we, we talk about the evil man, the, un, the sinner man. But it's the same thing for us. You can go to church every day. You can Listen. I have kin folks that have listened in church for 50, 60 years. They don't know anything. I'm talking about nothing. Nothing. And so you go, what's that all about? Well, you have to hear. You've got to put a deposit in. Well, that involves more than just being in the service, doesn't it? That's more than just, oh, I read five chapters of the Bible every day. Well, what's the last one you read? I don't know. So we have to put a deposit in. So the saying... The, 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 the last word standing depends on the last deposit made. So it's not even about saying until, you know, if you don't have any gas in the tank, it really doesn't matter how many times you turn the car over, it's not going to go. We have to put gas in the tank. We have to put the word in. We, and you can't be in Leviticus and Lamentations. Now that's in the Bible, and it was—it's in there for a reason. Those people, though, are still waiting for Jesus to come the first time, and we use it for historical purposes, and we back up things in the New Testament by the type and the shadow and the and the and that that they are for the new. But I'm telling you, we could live out of the New Testament. Everything we need is in the New Testament. Now, I'm, I don't, I'm not discounting the Old. I'm, I'm going to quote you a scripture tonight if we have time that's in the Old. But it just backs it up and it clarifies. But uh, the change that you want on the outside is based on the change that you put in on the inside. Let's get that clear. Let's, let's, this has messed up more faith people or so-called faith people that just they're in church all the time. They're believing. I believe. I believe. By his stripes I was healed. But they're not putting the deposit in. They're not putting it in. It's going by. But they're not putting it in. Well, you got to meditate. The word says you got to study to show thyself approved. You you got to have a discourse with people. Me and Deborah Ann talk all the time about the word, bringing up scripture and talking about how this works and stuff. And it sharpens both of us. A lot of times i will say, I got to go. I just got my message for Sunday. <laughs> so I excuse myself and go write something down and come back. That's what you and I got to do. You got to listen to something. And not just that you listen to it. Yeah, listen to two tapes this morning or two CDs this morning or whatever. It doesn't matter what what did you put in? What is the deposit? Because that's all we can draw on when we need to write the check of faith. We cannot overdraw that account. And so if it's not in, it's not out. I know this seems so trite. And you go, that is so crazy. But it's true. Uh, the Amplified says, the good man from his inner good treasure, listen to this, flings forth good things. I never saw that. Flings forth good things. And the evil man out of his evil storehouse flings forth evil things. So I looked up that, uh, that word, and it's, uh, it's an amazing word, the word... Uh, Brings or flings means to eject, to cast forth, to expel, to thrust out, to send out. It's talking about a hair trigger on a violent transaction. We just say, well, if you say it, good enough. And Jesus said it, but there was so much power behind him saying in a soft uh, uh, voice, he knew what he was doing. And he had weight in his words. I got this scripture. Let me, I, we're about to quit, but I'll let, uh, Matthew eleven twelve in the New Living says, "Listen to this. You've heard this scripture before, but I found out what it means." The kingdom of heaven has been forcefully exa- advancing, and violent people are attacking it. This is in the New Living. The kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. How is the kingdom of heaven forcefully advancing? Are you having spirit clouds come down? Are you having angels that are beating up devils or fought? whatever they're doing? Do we have that? No, we don't. We don't see any of that. Matter of fact, it looks clear out there. Do you all notice how clear it looks? But the word says the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. How is that happening? By words. Our words are Violent in their transaction now it's easy to say them how many of y'all know it was easy to get born again it was easy to get the Holy Ghost how easy is it to get healed well you gotta go in there and you gotta have a chickens foot and you gotta have a rooster's tail and you gotta have you know dance around and shake the smoke and all that No. it's not hard if you got words that are forceful that are violent The BBB, the Business Bureau edition. (laughs) Uh, The kingdom of heaven is forcing its way in, and men of force take it. Look, look, look. The kingdom of heaven is forcing its way in, and men, people of force, take it. How do we take it? Do we grab a big old devil? Do Do we... Uh, put corner a demon in the in the in the in the no our words are so powerful that God said light be he commanded light be and it was so transactional so violent so shattering that everything changed Jesus said peace be still Jesus said to Letha Kumi or whatever he said damsel arise and death he was evicted. And then, it's not just one gift of the Spirit, life had to come back in. And then whatever restoration, if she'd been not breathing and not, you know, in her brain and all that, working of, working of miracles had to operate. It's three gifts of the Spirit to raise someone from the dead. Now, we don't see them. We just see that it happened. But it's it's major stuff. Well, how'd that happen? No. I say to you, damsel, rise. And it happened. So let me read the scripture again. The kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. Let me read it in the easy to read version. God's kingdom has been going forward strongly and people have been trying to take control of it by force. The Amplified, oh, that's another version. Uh, So my words are supernatural, are yours? I, I looked at it, I analyzed it, and I think that people's words fall into three categories, and I will quit with this. My words have a supernatural impact on the kingdom. Supernatural impact on the kingdom. It's either taking the kingdom by force or it's idle, barren, and fruitless words that do nothing. Words. It's me. It's words. My words. But it depends on what's in there. According to the deposit in there is what's going to happen. So there'll be no impact or there'll be great impact or it'll be a negative impact. One time the, the, the Lord told them, uh, the Lord told his disciples, who tries to raise somebody up, said, they said, why could we not cast it out? And he said, because of your unbelief, because of unbelief. But it wasn't, it wasn't because they, he's, by prayer and fasting, this kind of go out. He wasn't talking about the devil goes out by prayer and fasting. It was going out, it was talking about faith, belief, comes in by prayer and fasting. The deposits, you gotta, you got to do whatever it takes externally to make a place for an ingestion or an imbibing of, of the Word of God internally. So you can listen to a CD while you're cooking and vacuuming and washing the car. You can do it, and it's a good atmosphere. But probably there's no deposit made unless you hear something and you stop and you go, wait a minute, and you turn it back and Listen. Are y'all getting this? It's not just by hearing. So my words are powerful. Your words are powerful. We've got powerful words. The violent take it by force. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. And the violent take it by force. Not natural force, not physical force, not mental force. But by spiritual force. Well, we're not casting spells. We're not cursing. We're not doing stuff like that. That's evil. That's wicked. That's what the devil does to try to take it by his kingdom, is by words. But we take it by saying, In the name of Jesus, rise up. Peace be still. We're going to the other side. Peter said, If it be you, Lord, he said, Come. It was the word that caused him to walk on the water. So your words are important or powerful, but don't think that you and I can go there without putting something in. It's not just the voices, the, the voices going out. It's what's attached to those words. Words are just the assignment or the way they travel. They travel by our words. Sometimes it's so powerful that they don't even have to travel by words. They say Charles Feeney, Finney, well, he, he would walk into a railroad car and everybody would get born again, just falling down in their seats as he walked down the aisle. Ah, that's some yeah, buddy, testimony. And like, lest you think you've arrived, listen to that for a day or two and you'll say, I believe I'll go get the word and put it in. Amen. Amen. Good word? It's a good word. It just, it's just tweaking. We're just tweaking. Because nobody wants to go to a brain surgeon that has 62% success rate. We're not impressed about the 62. We want to know about the other 38. So we've got to get it right. We've got to get it right. We've got to get it to 100%. And if we just get it to 90%, we're on our way. Amen. Okay.